Hey guys, welcome to the Super Nintendo Bros podcast from where I've completely forgotten what intro I actually use, so we no longer have consistency. Anyways, on this show, it's a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about anything and everything Nintendo-related, um, and in every episode, we also give a particular game a Nintendo Super Nintendo Bros seal of quality. We are starting over. You think it's fine? I think it's fun. Can a podcast continue after I say we're starting over? Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Do people pay for this content? No, you're right. This is free. No, fuck you. I pay to make it. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? <laughs> We're going. We're going. <laughs> so, I'm your host. My name is Roger, and as you can already tell, joining me today is the man who puts the bro in Super Nintendo Bros, Michael Bonner. You know, I like that. I like that about me. That you put the bro in the Super Nintendo Bros? Yeah, but what I like about it most is the fact that it is a title earned and given by you. So it's not just something I put on myself. I'm, what I'm saying is, I like that name. Thanks for, thanks I mean, for listen, donning that on Listen, me. I mean, how long have been friends? Like 15 years, you were the best man at my wedding. I, I think I think you deserve the, the bros, the Nintendo bros. It's worth noting that I was a backup best man, so just saying. But you were still the best man. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You were still the one who handed me the ring, <laughs> sir. This was a, that was a long time ago, by the way. That was like 12 years ago. I'm and high-fived like, you married. after you got your wedding kiss. With the snap. Yep. Well, you got to snap after the high five. I mean, I tell everybody every time I sit somebody high five and they don't snap, I try to correct them. Okay. Well, like somebody it sounds at work like you... high five the other day. I was like, it was a snap after that. They had no idea what I was talking about. Terrorists. I have a feeling a lot terrorists. of the listeners probably also don't get the reference. Well, they can get suck good it. scrubs. <laughs> so I don't want to have to tell the <laughs> listeners to, you know, fuck off because this is free twice, but I will. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, I brought you on today for a very particular reason. And in fact, I bring all of my co-hosts on for particular topics. That's kind of what I do now that I host this and not not pleb gurus, um, which <laughs> we just flew by the seat of our pants and brought on whoever was available. That's fair. Time. That's fair. I mean, we had Fulmsby at the start, so that should tell you a lot. I mean, <laughs> whew, rough times. Love you, Fulmsby. So I brought you here to talk about, I know it was your particular favorite um, Nintendo series, I do believe. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. I wasn't sure if like Zelda was close to it or not. I mean, it's close, but it's still, this is still my favorite. Right. So, uh, Michael's favorite Nintendo series is The Metroid. The Metroid. The <laughs> Metroid. And, uh, Michael, I want you to, before we kind of dive into the topic, tell us a little bit about your experience with the Metroid series and why you have the love for it that you do. Yeah. Um, so, with my experience in Metroid, I actually. What most people probably don't know about me is I actually didn't play a Metroid up until Metroid Prime 2 came out. Um, combination of reasons, grew up pretty poor, um, didn't have a, not, a lot of opportunity. I get that. Um, I didn't play a Metroid game until Metroid Prime 1. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so. I, I get that. So I actually had uh, played Metroid Prime 2 at a friend's house and just loved it to pieces. And what I loved about it, which was what was funny, was that it was this game where you were constantly backtracking and re-exploring the same environment in different ways when you got new abilities. And then, obviously, I had begged my parents, and that was my only Christmas gift that year, after I had saved up working and bought myself a GameCube um, over like a year and a half. Um, I had bought Metroid Prime, or got Metroid Prime 2 for Christmas, beat it, went back and bought the first one, beat it, um, and then... I had, at that point in time, acquired a Super Nintendo, went back and played Super Metroid, um, and then they just tumbled downhill. The only Metroid game that um, I haven't beaten to this day is the original Metroid, um, and I've gotten pretty damn far in it. I just don't really care for it that much. It's, 
that game is definitely very antiquated. It's yeah. uh, it didn't age well. And honestly, like, why play the original Metroid when it has such a good remake? It, you're right. In it Zero does. Mission. I mean, I beat Zero Mission multiple times. Exactly. So, I, I agree. 100%. In, so that's... Yeah, so your favorite Metroid game is then Metroid Prime 2. Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. Obviously, there's a lot of nostalgia factor in it for me. Um, but, I mean, don't let that, like, discount the other entries in the series. There are some that are just super close. And, I mean, it... <sighs> After this year with Dread, I mean, it Dread came pretty damn close, and the longer I think about it, it may have toppled me over on my favorite Metroid game. But even after Dread, mine still stands as Super Metroid. That's fair. Right? Which, it's like, uh, just like one of the most definitive entries in video game se- history. Oh, for sure. So, and you know that that's the game that really, in my opinion, kicked off the whole Metroidvania more than anything else was Super Metroid. And the funny thing was, like by the time I got to Metroid, I was the Wii was out when I got when I played Super Metroid. And in fact, the first time I played Super Metroid to completion, I was well out of college and married. Like, it was in the 2010s. Hmm. And um, I was already very well versed in the Metroidvania uh, genre. As you know, it's one of my favorite genres. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is one of my favorite games oh, yeah. of all time. We talk about that often. <laughs> we, do, we really do. I do love that game. And... Um, yeah, so that's, you know, we both have a love for Metroid. I will definitely uh, gladly concede that Michael's love for Metroid is a lot bigger and deeper than mine is. Not that I have anything against those games. By any means, I I really like them all. Um, but that's just, you know, I, I'm a Zelda boy. Hey, that's, uh, I love me some Zelda. Right? So I I know that feeling and, and share it just on the opposite end. So, so the, ma- the main thing we're going to talk about with Metroid today is We've had something of a resurgence of the Metroid series recently, um, or a renaissance, if you will. Mm. Um, so, to in order to lead into that topic, we have to go back in time to a very, very uh, dark age of <laughs> Metroid gaming. So, the particular dark age I am speaking of was all the way back, it was in the year of 2010, August 31st. We got a new uh. Metroid game, and it was pretty <laughs> hotly anticipated at the time. Well, yeah, I mean, off the off the heels of Prime 3 in 2007, I mean, everyone was itching for, for new Metroid. Content. Yeah, so we, we won a Metroid pretty bad. It had been three years. And, you know, we were seeing the uh, previews for this game, and it, looked, it had a lot of third-person mm-hmm. gameplay, which I love third-person. Metroid. I love 2D. I like, I mean, it was exciting to get, be able to play Metroid third person, but not, you know, 2D side scrolling, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it was being developed by Team Ninja, which that was a big plus for me. Yeah. Going into it. And then we all played it. <laughs> and then everybody played it. First of all, I'm, I want to cite the review scores on this game. So I'm, I'm just looking at the, the more major outlets. These are kind of all over the place. IGN gave Metroid Other M an 8.5 out of 10. I'm uh, so, what? Yeah, an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, game Trailers, which is... Uh, easy Allies. Which is known today as Easy Allies, uh, gave it an 8.6 out of 10. I don't know exactly which ally reviewed that. Um, I'm Hopefully sure, one that wasn't there is not there anymore. Right? I mean, that's kind of <laughs> sad. Um, I'm going to assume that it was Brandon Jones, and that's why he eventually left Easy Allies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I love you, Brandon Jones. I do too. GameSpot gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I mean, these are like, I, I don't get these review scores. Uh, one of my favorite review sources at the time was oneup.com, rest in peace, gave it a B minus. But I think the most accurate review I've seen out of all the major review outlets would be from Game Informer, which was the uh, the GameStop payoff magazine, um, <laughs> which gave it a 6.25 out of 10. I think, okay. uh, I don't know that, I don't want to say that it was necessarily being generous with that score because the gameplay itself wasn't awful. It, I mean, if we're, if we're going to jump into <laughs> But I think it may be a little high. Uh, it, it's high. I'm just gonna be honest with you. So the problem with the game, it wasn't, it wasn't a mechanical issue. The problem with that game is just the tone, the the setting, the story, the characters. They just didn't. They just weren't Metroid. No, they, like the, it didn't feel like the Metroid whole game at all. was just off. You could have released that game and <sighs> put a different skin on it, and it, it probably would have done a lot better. I probably would have liked it more. But they made too many strong decisions with Samus's personality. She didn't feel like Samus. Exactly. It was like there was a completely different Samus Aran that you're playing as another Samus compared to any other entry in the series. Yeah. The the strong, silent type, um, instead of her being strong and confident and just bolsterously just ready for anything, it made it seem like that confidence came from a place of deep-seated insecurity. And like that doesn't one, it just really breaks doesn't match you. Your character. Yeah, it, it's not her, but it also like in the sense of like linking you to the character, it doesn't make you feel like you want to be linked to that character. It makes right. you feel sorry for her, like pitying her situation. And that's not like that's not Samus. Like you, you always want to be right. Samus. You never pity Samus. I mean, that's, I mean, you, just, you always thought Samus was badass because I mean, remember that time we learned that Metroid was a dude back in the original Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> and then we realized, oh, Metroid the dude, and her name is Samus. Because, I mean, I didn't know her name was Samus until way after Metroid. I always assumed his name was Metroid. Yeah. I and mean, it was a dude. The natural progression of right. <laughs> Metroid fans. <laughs> now, like I, Metroid I, the dude. I had the I had the opposite, but it was only because of my first entry into the, the franchise was really, um, I mean, it was right around the same time I was playing Melee. Right. So I, I had I had already figured out that it was a woman, but yeah, I know that that was just that's a that's a really common Nintendo trope that the Metroid is a man. <laughs> Who knew? Whoever knew? So yeah, so like we've kind of alluded to there, Metroid Other M, even though it was pretty favorable with reviewers, uh, fans hated it. And the, the, the Michael's opinion on this game, that's not like a uh, not a hot, hot take yeah. by any means. That's that's a pretty common opinion that fans of the Metroid series have. And I think Nintendo heard them and they heard the, I don't remember, you know, how well the game sold, but I'm pretty sure it, it would, I know as far as like Nintendo games go, I it's know like less than a million copies in the Wii, which in, in the US, which is kind of sad based on the install base. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I actually surprises me. I actually legitimately thought it would be higher. Um, but I know like with Metroid, it's always weird because like I know Dread and everything nowadays is the best selling version of it just because right. of especially on Switch because the install base grows just every day. Yeah, the somehow. install base on the Switch is ridiculous. Um, but I mean, surprisingly enough, a Metroid was always like as far as first party went, was always like the lower of the tiers of Nintendo. Right, yeah, because like when you look at the Nintendo tiers, obviously you, you look at the top tier and it's like I always look at that as Mario Zelda. I mm -hmm. feel like those are the two 
big hitters. And then you go down the ladder a little bit. And it's like, it's, Smash I put Smash up there Mario with Kart Mario. Yeah, Smash and Mario Animal Kart Crossing. and Donkey Kong and Animal Crossing is down there with like Metroid, I feel like. Although I think Metroid may even below Animal Crossing just because of the Animal Crossing appeal to the more casual. So I don't want to use casual gamers as a term. I hate the term casual gamers if you're not sitting there playing on a phone. Right. No, I, I get it. But I mean, the, the idea is that with with metroid versus something like animal crossing i mean one i mean think about new horizons when it came out could not have been like a more perfect time like no that's why was, this is why one game of the year from gurus yeah it was, it was the game we needed right. so but anyway like with metroid you're right i mean it's just all those games traditionally are looked at as a or always have like a higher sale that even even now i mean you look at dread dread's not still on npd charts no or it's anything not like that but it's still very highly revered but anyway right, i'm getting off topic yeah reviewed well sold well it's love we'll talk about metroid dread a little more here in a little bit but uh yeah this this was it was tough for me too because like as much as like obviously regardless of how much i hated this game the story in this game because nintendo you know pushed this out is now canon so it's like trying yep. to figure out like how you want to swallow that as a Nintendo fan was like a really tough battle for me to have to overcome. Well, and where does that, where does um, Other M fit in the timeline? Because I know a typical timeline is Metroid 1 slash Zero Mission, then Metroid 2, Super Metroid, Fusion are the first four, correct? Uh, well, look at, let's, let's or the Prime, I think the Prime trilogy is before Fusion. I think Zero Mission obviously is first, and then Prime, and then Hunters. Okay. Two and th Prime Two and Three, and then Metroid Two, Super Metroid, and then Other M. Okay. Um. Now, yeah. So Super Metroid, then Other M, and then Fusion and, and Fusion. Dread. Right. Because I, I know Fusion's late in the timeline, which. Correct. Again, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about Fusion later on in this episode because it's it deserves okay. to be talked about. I, I see you. I right? see you. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's a game that deserves to be talked about that I feel like a lot of times doesn't get the attention it should anymore. I agree. So we'll we'll get to that. So after that disaster that was Other M. Uh, glad we are, we're moving past that. We are nothing for seven years. Seven years of not just without a new release in the series, of just complete radio silence from Nintendo about the series. Yeah, that was tough because like after playing Metroid 1 and 2, especially like at that time because I had just recently discovered this <sighs> franchise, I had like within a year plowed through every metroid game at my disposal right because i was so pumped about everything i had discovered the metroid prime th three had oh we're, we're gonna get to that but yeah so i mean up to that point after like it was such, such a disappointing like time in yeah my because life. really all we got during that period of time was like the the trilogy re-release on the wii u on the wii u yep yep and we got the smat or this metroid minigame on nintendo land uh yes yes okay yeah and then of course the samus and smash but yeah so yeah it was 2017 when we finally heard anything about metroid proper mm -hmm. and it was at e3 and i don't think anybody was expecting metroid because it had been so long gone from nintendo's product line you know it, it's kind of like how I look at Star Fox today, unfortunately, like I kind of look at Star Fox as almost like a dead franchise. Mm -hmm. I was kind of feeling like that with Metroid at the time. Um, so E3 hits, we get a very, very brief glimpse of Metroid Prime 4. Uh, okay, so... And by glimpse, I mean like title screen or 
Just teaser. And by title screen and teaser, you mean like horribly photoshopped backdrop where they like with, with the Metroid Prime Four logo. It, it, it they literally even use the Metroid Prime Three logo and just like the same symbols, the same text, the same font. Which again, that, that could be excused, but like it was like almost to the T the Metroid Prime Three logo, even including like the black starry background, <laughs> except it had a four. And it, right. dude, it was just bad. It was bad. <laughs> so yeah, we 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 got that teaser, and we thought, okay, so that's what we're gonna get on Metroid. We're we're excited because it's Metroid Prime Four. Yeah, I was I was thrilled. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Nintendo was... Direct continues. Nintendo Direct ends, and then Nintendo Treehouse. All of a sudden, they're like, oh hey, by the way, we're remaking Metroid Two: Return of Samus. Here's a new 3DS game, Metroid uh, Samus Returns. And by the way, it comes out in like two months. Yes, and I was not mad about it. That was a shock. <laughs> It was along with the the amiibos because that was like back when like amiibos were huge. Yeah. So that they spent like I think probably a third of that whole thing demonstrating like how the amiibos were working on the 3ds and all that. Loved that so much because that was also like the pre-order phase for like everyone was just like oh my god new Metroid like this yeah is, yeah because while they when they showed it off it was while it was not a quote unquote new Metroid game. It may as well have been. Yeah. Like, it was... I mean, because especially when you compare it to the source material. I mean, I didn't play a whole lot of Metroid 2, but when you're playing Metroid 2 back on the Game Boy, you have to look at the fact that it felt a lot like the original Metroid back then. Mm -hmm. You know, it yeah. hadn't really... Metroid still hadn't developed its identity at that point, which I think it truly did that with Super Metroid is when it got that, that identity that I'm speaking of. So it... Really, in my opinion, felt like a completely different game than Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. Not to mention they introduced uh, what is now a apparently a series hallmark as far as the 2D titles are concerned, which is the counterattack, the physical counter. The oh, in in uh, the remakes, yeah, the counterattack, and, and yeah. also in uh, Dread. Yeah, I agree, and then like it, Mercury Steam. Oh my gosh! Like they could not have picked a better team to hand this off to, because no, like sure. it's just like I watched this video that Max had sent me, and it, it like went into just the small movements and detail between uh, Samus Returns and then Dread, and compared those to some of the originals, obviously being very very outdated. Um, but the differences in just how Samus moves and when she jumps, how like there's a bounce to her when she's standing back up, and just the little things that make the game just so much more fluid as time had gone on is it is such a testament to just how much they love and care for metroid how connected they are to samus it is it is incredible it's mind blowing everyone should play that game well and like <laughs> to be fully transparent up front here when they said that mercury's team was the team that was going to be developing um metroid samus returns i Originally, when when I heard that they were the developers, I was turned off by that completely, hmm. because they did the Castlevania Lords of Shadow games, and those games were not good. And I say that as a massive Castlevania fan, it's one of my favorite series. And again, everything goes back to Castlevania. <laughs> but to further elaborate on that, they also did the 3DS game Castlevania Lords of Shadow Mirror Fate. Mm. which was a 2D Metroidvania, much in the vein of a Metroid game. And that game was awful. <laughs> so I was very... The track was, record was not good, is I what was, you're I saying. I don't want to use the word cautiously optimistic about Samus Returns. I didn't pre-order that game. Like, I bought it on a whim. That's how oh, unsure I was 
of that game, but I, I, when it did launch, like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get it because it, I like Metroid. We're going to check it out. And Mercury's team, that's, I, I think that's where Mercury's team turned it around just as a developer in general. I mean, I, I had, didn't play any of those other games, so I can't really speak to Don't. them. Um, but, I mean, my faith in them is high is as high as it ever could be. So, <laughs> I mean, like you mentioned with Metroid Other M, they could have just slapped a uh, a different skin on it and released it as a different game. Basically, those Castlevania Lords of Shadow titles, that's what they did. Castlevania Lords of Shadow started out as a completely different game, and they decided to sell copies. They were gonna, Konami's like, you know what? We're going to slap the Castlevania skin on it. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, and I <laughs> did not like... That's like that. That sounds like Konami. It was God of War. It was like cheap God of War is what it was. Ugh, I hate that for you, Rod. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I've, as a Castlevania fan, I've grown used to disappointment over the last uh, ten years. That's, that's all they. That's all they give us aside from really nice anniversary collections at this point. I mean, that's fair. That's kind of where I'm at with like Metroid too. I mean, even after Dread, it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, Dread was fantastic, but like, it's been we're coming up on year six of Metroid Prime Silence. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Um, so just a little bit back on Samus Returns, because it's like we said, we're talking about the resurgence of the series, and this is what uh, actually started said resurgence. This is going to blow you away. IGN gave Metroid Samus Returns an 8.5. That is the same score they gave other M. I hate that. I hate that. Uh, why, why? Why? Now, of course, mind <laughs> you, I'm sure it was a different reviewer, because this is a seven-year difference. I would, right. I'd be surprised if it was the same person that reviewed the other game. Uh, however, Game Informer, who gave it a six, who gave six point two five to Other M, gave this game a nine point seven five, which is um, maybe a little on the high side. Yeah, but uh, much more accurate score, I think, than they did for Other M. Um, so obviously, it was received better. GameSpot gave it a nine out of ten. Um, this was in the awkward period where there was uh, no game trailers, but there was no easy allies yet, so I don't have that <laughs> comparison, unfortunately. <laughs> but you can clearly see where that game had a much different receptions. Um, and it did win uh, Best, Best Handheld Game at the Game Awards. Mm. So that was nice to see some sort of recognition like that for a game like Samus Returns. It, it was just amazingly polished, like seeing a, a game come to a platform where and they utilize like the 3d functionality so well and even if you have the 3d function of the the 3ds completely off the game's 3d environments like really shine through oh yeah and it is it was like bar none one of the best experiences on the on the handheld that i really didn't even like to play that would actually be one of the only downsides i would give it was that it was a the game was limited by the the console that you played it on and really if i'm being honest I personally think that Metroid's Hamish Returns is one of the best two or three games on the 3DS. I agree. You know, it's up there with A Link, Link Between, Between Worlds. Worlds yeah. And uh, honestly, I, I don't know that off the top of my head, I can think of any other game other than those two that are on that level. Yeah, I was... Uh, Maybe through Mario 3D Land, I guess. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... I know you're not a big I, Mario Well, fan. no, I, I, like, I like a good Mario game. My issue with, like playing it, it was like i said the console like i didn't enjoy playing my 3ds there was very few games that like i grabbed the 3ds and was like okay i'm I'm gonna have a really good time with this link between worlds i got sucked into obviously metroid i got sucked into but like i had a hard time like if you know those times when you're playing any game and metro games especially to where you'll get into like a boss battle or a part that's like especially difficult or you can't find that little tiny hole in the wall you need to go into and you just get frustrated right. with the game <clears throat> 
it made it harder for me to come back to at those moments because I dreaded, no pun intended, picking back up the 3DS. Yeah. Because I just don't like playing on those small handhelds. So Yeah, so I, th- I thought of the other games that I was wanting to mention up there with uh, with those two. Um, Fire Emblem Awakening, which was, I know you're not a Fire Weeb. Emblem guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Weeb! And uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Those were awesome. Oh, dude. Know, those were time sinks for me. I played um, the shit out of Animal Crossing on DS. Oh, yeah. That was, that was like my, I would just carry my DS around and then I would pull it out every couple hours. And do, would you pull do, it out every couple hours? I, I always pull it out every couple hours. I like that. <laughs> I like that. This is this is feel like a star circle again. <laughs> but the um, I think, like I said, the biggest detriment to that game was the fact that it was on the 3DS. But don't let that deter anyone from trying it. The reason I say that is because since we're talking about that game, I would love it if they put it out on the Switch. I don't see the reason why they couldn't. No, I mean, it's, it's just port it. I at mean, this it, point, <laughs> they should, with how long we've been waiting for news on Metroid Prime 4. They, they could upscale it. They could. They don't even need to do anything with it. I mean, they like people still play the shit out of VC games that are available ver, uh, on uh, the Nintendo Switch online subscription service and the expansion pack. So, I mean, they do very little upscaling on those. Why not just release this? Yeah, I mean, it, the game looks fine. I think it'll be fine. I don't, I don't see an issue with it. But uh, you know, we mentioning just now Metroid Prime Four. Let's kind of look look at that as a uh, kind of a transition into our next topic. Is there trouble in paradise? We have not seen anything of Metroid <laughs> Prime Four aside from the uh, the Photoshop logo that sh- that you mentioned previously. Like, of course, now mind you, we do know that it, they announced the game at E three of twenty seventeen seventeen. So that was five years ago. And I believe, I think it was January of 2018, maybe it was 2019, they said, oh, by the way, we are completely restarting development. Yeah, it was, I think it was, it was a while in, um, like it wasn't a few months later, it was a, a good bit. Yeah, so it was been January 2019 where they said, hey, we're... I don't we know who they had in there, but they just said, we're firing the team, we don't like what the direction they're going with it, and we're rehiring Retro. Who Which had done. Not, they should have had their hands on it to begin with. I agree. I agree. Now, my suspicion is that um, they were willing to take the chance of someone else. I can almost guarantee that Retro, since they have they had not done one in a while, probably wanted an arm and a leg. Like, they probably just... Very true. And not to mention, I, I do think that Retro was probably busy working on a Donkey Kong title. Gotcha. Okay. And that may still be on the back burner for them at some point because it's been also, you know, years and years since we've had any kind of Donkey Kong. Well, news. to be but fair, it's been... That's another episode, you know. It's been sooner since uh, a Prime game so because they got Tropical Freeze out there. So. Well, arguable, though, because Tropical Freeze was a port of the Wii U game. Right, but the, that's still sooner well, than true. a, a Prime game. This is still game. sooner than a Prime game. You're not wrong. Um, that's a game I actually still haven't played yet either. I've been Tropical wanting, Freeze? Yeah, I still haven't ever played it. Pro. I would like to. It's very good. That <laughs> but, game is uh, very good. Yeah, it's. I'm. I want. I'm going to say this, and this is something Max said. So if Max listens to this, I'm giving you credit just because. It, oh, he'll listen. Yeah. If I just, he just said it best. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for when Nintendo was sitting and demoing whatever it was that they caused them to fire that company. Oh, I want to yeah. see that untested footage. I want to. I want just want to see it. You know, see. it had to be worth another rep. That's like, like, obviously, because they... Well, it might not have needed to even be worse because, I mean, let's face it, Nintendo got burned by other M's. So their standard quality for what they were willing to accept likely went way higher 
So right, because and you know that they right, didn't hand could, this to Team Ninja originally. There, there's, in my opinion, zero <laughs> chance Team Ninja was working on Prime Four. Did they even tell us who was on it? I um, who I was don't working? Remember. You got the laptop. I'll let you do the googling. Yeah, but I mean, I still want to. I still want to hear. Like I said, that conversation. What happened? Um, oh wow, that's interesting. Um, it was reportedly initially developed by Bandai Namco Studios. Very interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> because you would think that would be the type of game that they would excel at. I mean, Nintendo's a, a feisty motherfucker. Like, they, they are really just are. so weird in everything that they do. But again, I mean, you got to think... too weebish. It's a weeb company, you got to admit. Nin people nowadays, like, stories, like, especially in the age of, like, these huge RPGs and very narrative-driven games like The Last of Us and other things like that, if they lean too heavily in that direction with something like Metroid, you're going to ruin the game. Right. Because Samus is the strong, silent protagonist. Yeah, Metroid is not the type of game that is story-based, story-driven. Yeah. Yeah, it is very much gameplay-driven. Typically, I don't like finding lore and story in the way that games like Metroid Prime present them, but I think Metroid Prime did it perfectly. It was the perfect implementation of that. Yeah. And I think, I believe I discussed this in the Breath of the Wild episode where I talked about, you know, I don't like having to look for the story. Yeah, that's fine. But, that uh, may, and that makes sense. That's it's why done the right way, Souls games. Yeah. <laughs> Souls games, I'm not a big Souls ga uh, <clears throat> gamer. Well, that was the nice part about how Metroid prime did it when i think the way the reason it worked was because not only was the lore there but the lore was part of the puzzle right you had to read the lore to find the rooms you needed to backtrack to exactly and and like that's that. why you know i say prime did it perfectly and mind you i didn't play prime two or three i played prime oh you, didn't, you never played two uh very very little i'm oh, waiting man. on that prime trilogy release that's fair I'll, I'll give you that i would uh, love i would love that so much i mean i could emulate it but every time i do i'm not happy with the control scheme, it's so. not worth it let's just yeah. let, let's just wait for it yeah, it's gotta better. be coming right like it has to be you get uh, reports it's, one of those, every... it's up there with like the twilight princess and wind waker <laughs> hd it's just sitting around on somebody's desk and then nintendo they're like okay release the release the prime trilogy you know it's yeah. like okay we'll, we'll just well, we need I, a game. I think they're waiting on a a benchmark or a milestone to be met in Prime Four development before they release. Yeah, it. Yeah, I think they want to release that close to Prime Four, not like six months out, but like close in like maybe a year to a year and a half out, just to tide the fans over and give them time to revisit those Prime games and let the whole series be fresh on their minds. That's how sales work. Yeah, I agree. Look at Skyward Sword, for instance, even though it didn't tie into or we're assuming that does not tie into <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom, which, by the way, this is the first episode we've recorded of uh, Super Nintendo Bros, where we've been able to refer to the new Zelda game as its proper name, which is Tears of the Kingdom. Hmm. Every episode we recorded, it's just been Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. Anyways, was... <laughs> off topic. Um, R.I.P. the Queen. R.I.P. the Queen. <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought. Sorry, I Thanks, mentioned that. Uh, yeah. That's Zelda's fault. <laughs> Thanks, Link. <laughs> um, but just looping this back down to Retro Studios, do I think that there is a there's trouble in paradise? I don't. I think that Nintendo has a lot of trust in Retro. They know what they're doing. They've done this before. And honestly, even if it's a lot of the same in the way that Metroid 1, 2, and 3 were, I would be fine with that. Because right. it's just been so just, long, we're going to get better, more enhanced gameplay types. We're going to get 
um, better graphics. We're going to get more, you know, intimate with the controls of Samus with the Joy Cons and that that capability. We'll see. I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to it. Whenever I played Prime Three, I really didn't like the idea of waggling the the Wii remote around and doing all these crazy functions. But you sound like Justin talking about uh, Twilight Princess. Well, here's here's the difference. Um, I hated the idea of it, and when I started doing it, I felt so connected to Samus. Like it was so cool to like throw the uh, throw the grappling hook and like right. shake shake the Wii remote. That's when you didn't play Prime like, Three. That's uh, that's pretty cool. It, it was awesome. It, it was it was great. So I mean. I, I'm excited for what's coming. And I don't think there's trouble in paradise because I feel like Nintendo would have give us a, given us some type of update if there was. Um, because they are, you know, they, they didn't have to come out and tell us they fired right. a studio off of Prime, but they did. Well, and I think, honestly, here's one of the things that I think may be holding the game up. So if you look, it is, and this hasn't always been Nintendo's history, but it's definitely been Nintendo's history, I would say, in the last 10 years. Nintendo does not typically release a sequel to a game unless they have something new to offer in said sequel. Now, that's fair. The exception to that rule would probably be Splatoon. Okay. Because it doesn't necessarily offer brand new features every time it releases a game. But let's look at like the last several Zelda games. These are the, this is like the best example I can think of. So this is going back to Twilight Princess. You're, you're the wolf. And then you move forward into the next uh, major release, which was Skyward Sword. And the gimmick at that point was, I, I hate using the word gimmick to describe this, but it's gimmick motion controls. Mm -hmm. But it also started to play around with open world. Mm -hmm. And then when they released Link Between Worlds, it, something similar, it, it did with the whole renting the items. It, kind of, it played the whole dungeon concept a little bit. That led to Breath of the Wild being a full world and kind of a completely new idea. Uh, we've seen it with Mario. We've seen it go from this traditional platforming of Mario 64 to the flood in Super Mario Sunshine to the anti-gravity controls in Galaxy and Galaxy 2 to Cappy in Super Mario Odyssey. What I'm saying is Nintendo likes to introduce new features to the gameplay. They like to have a new and again, a gimmick is not the word I want to use, but a new like main feature to every sequel they release. That's fair. And yeah, I, th I, I think they've maybe spent a little extra time with Prime Four trying to figure out a what you know how are we going to change this up to make it you know a fresh new experience. Which honestly, having been so long with Prime Three, in my opinion, they don't need to do that because it's been. I mean, I, you heard in Prime Three release in two thousand eight. I I agree, and I th I think that. Even, I mean, even taking that into account, you know, I don't think they need to be looking. I, th I think we have made such advancements. There's been enough, enough time between the franchises. I think there's been enough um, things that could have happened in the Metroid universe, depending on where they place <laughs> Prime 4. Um, how... I like to think it'll be after Prime 3. That's well, right. Just, no, obviously. What yeah. I mean is like where it falls in the rest of the story. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I like to think that it's going to be in there with where the Prime trilogy is. Okay. If we're going to name it Prime, let's keep it in the Prime series era. Okay. Well, I mean... Just a thought. So like before Return of Samus. Before then. Return of Samus, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like we don't we don't know what specifically their, their plans are. Like it, there's... That's what I mean is there's enough we could do with the franchise because of how much time it's been we could we could finagle it in anywhere that they wanted to after prime 3 
Now, the other side of that is I think Nintendo has learned their lessons on gimmicks. The Wii, the Wii was really successful. The motion control was successful, but I think the reason the Wii was successful was not the motion control. It was the catalog of games that it brought that brought people to the Switch that then attempted it and liked it. Then they tried new things with the Wii U that failed drastically. I'm sure we'll cover that on another episode that's, one day. That's a season um, two upset, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, jumping on into the Switch... It's so successful because it doesn't try anything super crazy. It doesn't lock people down to using only motion. It doesn't lock you down to using this awful game pad or anything like that. You play however you want to. So my point is with Prime 4, even if they're looking for this new quote-unquote gimmick or you know feature that like defines the game, I don't think it needs to be anything crazy like that. I think it can just be something that is a more of a feature of the game because more and more people are wanting to just play the game accessibility-wise however they want to play and don't have to be locked down to the specific type of type of play. I think it would be kind of cool to see a poster ride in Metroid. Uh, yeah. In the in this in Prime 4. Now mind you, I know that completely goes against everything I just said. <laughs> but this is a thought that came to mind. Like just having that version of Samus because Samus is so much different post-fusion and even more so post-dread. I agree. I agree 100%. But like I said, I don't I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to manipulate that that timeline a little bit. I mean, fuck, you have to have a, a fucking PhD from Harvard to understand the Zelda timeline. So, I mean, it wouldn't be too <laughs> We could far. do a whole episode on the <laughs> you Zelda do timeline. We a whole fucking podcast about the Zelda timeline. In fact, I'm uh, like, that, I might have pencil that in for a season 2 or 3 episode of the Zelda timeline. That could be a really good, fun episode. Well, good luck. That'll give me a headache. Uh, but yeah, my point is, is I, I would love to see it to where Metro Prime 4 came later in the timeline, whether it was like post-Fusion or something where they revisit the world of one of those games like Fusion or Super Metroid and or even Dread, and then it be in complete 3D open world type of fashion. That would be right, super Right, the same cool. as still we try to find a cure for... Yeah, you know, for everything that's happened to her, sure. that could be a really cool setting for a prime game. Actually, well, that's—I mean—that's the end of Dread. Not to spoil it for anyone, if you're spo spoilers for Dread coming up here. Um, but at the end of Dread, that's kind of what happens: is that she gets, she has that infection from fusion, and then that's why they send her because she's yeah. immune to the X that was supposedly eradicated. And at the end, she all but dies, and then the Metroid takes all those powers and revives That's her. That's true. And she's, this is true. So she's back to... Uh, there, it's up to interpretation, obviously, because at the end of the game, she's 100% Metroid, but then the Metroid brings her back. So is she alive be and Metroid now, or is she just... She back to net zero Samus? Okay. So... True or false? Metroid Prime 4 will feature travel to multiple planets. I think it'll be false. Because that's something we haven't done. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if... And maybe that's the reason this is taking so long. Maybe it's... It's, it's a big... It's, it's, it's the scale of the game is more than we expected. That's, I wouldn't be... That's kind of what I was maybe thinking. I wouldn't be opposed to it. However, I don't want that to be the central focus. Keep me locked in on these really lush, green, rainy terrains, bogs, swamps, deserts, things that they always but, but have. That's what Prime is done for. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I want. Um Take me to other planets. That's totally fine. Right. Um, but don't but, mass affect it is what you're saying. Exactly. I don't want that. I don't want any time in the ship. I don't want shit like that. I just want I just want Metroid. If they give us star fighting, I'm out. I don't want that. Nobody yeah. wants that. No. Literally no one this says, wow, This is what wow, Star Fox is for, and they already ruined that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Give, give me a fucking Metroid game where I can fly the ship and shoot shit. Nobody wants no. that. So That would be pretty terrible. Maybe flying the ship off an exploding planet, like an escape sequence, but not like anything like a major element of gameplay. It's a common trope in Metroid games where you run from the planet to planet. the ship. Yeah, that's a that's pretty much. But don't make me control the ship. I don't want to do that. That's, right, for that's, sure. Yeah, they they almost did that. They they did something like that, like Dead Space, for instance, where it's like you're not taking off from the ship, but you are um, you're running to a um, to something where you have to control, like to shoot the fucking. Uh, asteroids right. and stuff. Correct. So, like sequences like that are acceptable, but don't make it again. Yeah. Long story short, don't fucking make me fly a ship in Metroid. I'm gonna kill myself. So those <laughs> of you who can't see as much as everybody, I'll throw it back to Gears. I-, I had to look at Michael's Apple Watch because Michael constantly gives me shit over the fact that I'm a massive hockey fan. And I glance over at his Apple Watch and I see a hockey player on the face of his Apple Watch, and I'm like, Oh, don't don't get excited. It's just a random ESPN update from fantasy football well it's, all, it's also a player for the bruins so i don't fucking care but you know that's beside the point Let's no it just unfortunately that's the side effect of having the espn app and getting updates <laughs> is that you get you get, get the hockey, hockey updates, updates even though you are the, <laughs> the thing you always give me shit over is liking hockey it's not it's not liking hockey it's talking about hockey in football chats specifically because <laughs> i'll spare you from hockey talk on super nintendo i, I will today. say i've been to multiple sporting events of all types and Outside of the NFL games that I've been to, I had the most fun at hockey games. Been to two, loved them. Pro games, pro games, yeah. I went to Penguins games. Nice, nice. Yeah, cool. I don't, I don't want to watch it on TV. I don't want to talk about it. I, don't, I hate everything about it. But at the event, it's a lot of fun. So, so let's see. Today is. I'm just looking at my calendar because we're, we're, this is actually going to be the next episode we release. Okay. And so I just want to point out since we're on the topic, I'm so excited. By the time this is out in your ear holes, <laughs> I will have been sitting like sixth row. Right next to the tunnel that the Penguins players come hey, out of nice. for the cracking game on November 5th. And I'm fucking stoked. Roger, put your boner away. I'm put trying. Your, I'm your trying. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get Malkin's attention. I got to get Gino's <laughs> attention somehow. Good luck. Yeah, it's, it's probably not going to happen. Anyways, let's get back on topic. Let's get back to Metroid. We talked a good bit about possible things we would like to see from Metroid Prime 4. So, we're going to go back now to Metroid Dread. Okay. And here's the thing. I, I have always been vocal. My favorite Metroid game is Super Metroid. I don't know that Dread changed that. However, I'm also more than likely willing to concede that Dread is a better game than Super Metroid overall. And that's what I want to talk about. We're looking at the, at the scope of 2D Metroid at the moment. So we're talking Metroid, Metroid 2, Samus Returns, Fusion, Zero Mission, Super Dread. I think I got them all there. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Is Dread better than all of those games? Is it the best 2D Metroid? Uh, yes. Okay. So, reason being is just there's a lot of things in Samus's backstory. You know, we've, we've already, we have without a doubt established that a Metroid game is not about the narrative. But somehow Nintendo found a way to not make to make a 2D Metro game that wasn't about the narrative in any way. It was focused completely on playability, but told a fucking great story by putting together the pieces. I think it had the best story of any Metroid game. It does. We'll it hands for sure. down. Easily. Um, I think what sold it was that from this was the only game where we had a living, breathing Metro or uh, Chozo in it, which is so crucial to her upbringing. 
Um, not only that, but it had a Chozo father figure of hers in it um, that betrayed her. It had um, just a ton of just lush, ripe, ready for the picking lore. And you know I'm a lore nut. Oh, so, yeah. Um, Souls. All that, yeah. <laughs> all that was just ripe and ready for the picking. Um, but the thing that really sold it for me, and like I said, circling back to this, was the playability, man. This game is so accessible, so tight, so perfect in like every movement, every, it's intentional and every, uh, every, just everything. Everything was designed specifically for such a tightly controlled reason. And whenever you play this game, it forces you to get so intimate with every movement, every thing that Samus does, everything that she says, every jump, every every crouch, every roll, every movement. It is just so intentional. And no other game has done that. Now, obviously, that's always been the idea. But you take that, you top it onto the fact that like there's like this subtle horror aspect, the idea of being I chased. I love that part of the game, by the way. Dude, yeah. the, the Emmy sequences are fantastic. It reminded me of the reason I liked Fusion so much. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. I, ha- I have some things to say about that, but I think we're going to get into we'll some got, We'll talk about talk. Fusion shortly. Um, but yeah, it just I think that Nintendo, there's like this... They alluded to this when they were talking about, obviously, we're t- if we're talking about Dread, Dread being something that they had envisioned 20 years ago, and it took them this long to be able to bring it out because there's like this, there's this chart that they alluded to of functionality they want to put in a video game and the capabilities of where they can and they just finally intersected right at a point to where and at that point is where dread came out and it is just a it is a lush fun eight to 12 hours depending on how meticulous you are about your your dread game i finished it in 14 at a 100 completion including uh shine sparks i mean everything you can do in that game um and the cool thing about this game is you do not have, and there's a couple other Metroid games like this too, um, outside of Fusion, that you do not have to beat the game in the order it wants you to. There are ways to circumvent the abilities you need to get. A very true, to its name, Metroidvania. You do not have to get this item to go here. There are ways you can circumvent that entire process. I love playing games out of sequence. I play uh, Link to the Past out of sequence a lot of times. It's it's great, and the ability to do that is what makes is like a true telling of how how intimate you want to get with a game and to, to learn the ins and outs of it. And no game like Dread gives you that ability to to get that intimate with it. So I, I mostly agree with you with your assessment of Metroid Dread. Um, I think, like, as far as, like, you mentioned how tight the gameplay is. That is, I'm trying to doubt that is true. Like, the gameplay, the controls were tight. The controls couldn't have been better, in my opinion. Like, it's, if you look at it, if you want a, a dictionary that has the words perfect control scheme, you could put Metroid Dread in there. And I believe you and I, or Max and I, one or the other, we've had this discuss- this exact same discussion before but about Death Door, I believe. Mm, yeah, Death Door is very And that is that our view of accessibility. Yep. I personally, and mind you, I think they've released an easy difficulty. They like have, DLC. Yep. I played the normal difficulty, obviously, before that was released. I find this game to be a little on the inaccessible side, at least at release it was, because the game was so difficult. I had a pretty tough time with the final boss and with a lot of the Emmy sequences. 
And I know I'm not the only one that did. I, but I, I did some struggling. I, just, I had some rage. But you beat it. But I beat it. Yeah. I did beat it eventually, yes. After many close two rage quits. Uh, if I play the game again, which I'm sure I will, because I've been kind of feeling the hankering for a Metroid game here recently. It's, it's, I, a, I may, it's a I'll, sickness. may replay, replay it on the easy difficulty. <laughs> that way I can just get the gameplay and not have to worry about the frustration. Of course, you and I, we have, you and I have complete opposite views on difficulty. I like my game. I play games so that I can relax. So a lot of times I play the easy difficulties. You That's like fair. to play games in the hardest difficulty because you like to challenge yourself and get the most out of the game. Yeah, I do. And it, really, I started doing that specifically for dollar per value. I, I feel right. like if I play it on hard, I'm going to get the most playtime out of it, like legitimately. Um, so that's why I do that. But also, like, I really feel the reason the difficulty is hard in this game is because it wants you to get as as familiar as you can with how Samus controls. And I think the closest thing I can liken this to, and this is another game that you haven't you haven't played. So this is this if anyone out there is listening, this game is gets very difficult because if it's forcing you to to grasp the controls very in a very similar way that Sekiro does. So but the difference is is like in a game like this it's a lot easier than Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From what I, I played in Sekiro. I can't I have I have broke two controllers playing Sekiro in my life and I finally beat it and I I am just it is my proudest gaming accomplishment hands down. But anyway, the point the reason I say that is because there is a I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on the controls up to the end. And then in Metroid Dread at the end of this game there are two bosses. There's a Golden Chozo warrior boss that beat the shit out of me. It probably killed me 60 times. I'm not even joking. It put me in the dirt so many times. I actually died more to that than I did the final boss. Um, and then there was the final boss, which was also pretty difficult. But I did not have as hard a time as the final boss because while I was getting uh, used as a mop against the, <laughs> the, the golden Chozo warrior, I literally was about to throw my fucking new, brand new Switch OLED against the wall because I played the whole thing handheld. I was so pissed off. I tried playing, setting it down and playing on the TV. I tried using my pro controller. I just, I tried everything and it just, it boiled down to my problem with the game was I was not paying attention to the movesets. I was not taking the time to learn the very specific things. So I went in focused on each move set and died a bunch more but i focused on specifically those move sets to learn how to to get around those and then put it all together beat it the next time and only died about five times on the final boss because the game forced me to learn it see that's very that's very rewarding to me it is it yeah. is i love that shit that's, that's, i'm also a, a very, souls player yeah it's, it's a very it's very <laughs> souls like approach which is completely true yeah i still like i said I, and you know, when I say I play the games in the easier difficulty a lot of times, don't get me wrong. I I enjoy difficult games. You know, like Death Door, for example, that's not an easy game. No. I love Death Door. Uh, my favorite Metroidvania game, well, I wouldn't say that. My favorite Souls game is Hollow Knight. That game is very difficult. I love Hollow Knight. It's one of my oh, favorite games. great. It is also very hard. Huh? Yeah. I mean, so I'm not saying that I don't <laughs> like difficult games. It's not, by the way, I mean, after all, and I'm going to get so much shit for saying this in this podcast. You know what? I'm just not gonna because I think we need to retire that with gurus. <laughs> we are not gonna mention games that I previously beat on the NES that were difficult. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because said game is not that good. But um, no, but like, but, I beat Castlevania three a couple weeks ago for the second or third time. That game is punishingly difficult. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, I, I've never played that one, but um, 
No, I just like just going back to like dread. I just think that like this game just has everything right. Like it, I I think this might be one of the only ten out of ten games come out in the last few years. I like this better than Elden Ring. Like as far as a a complete experience, it was just the best game that's coming. And that's not saying anything negative against Elden Ring, which I've played. I will say I've played more of Elden Ring than I have most Souls games. I have 186 hours in Elden Ring. I've beaten it five times at this point. (laughs) And it's it it, there the difficulty with that game, like, and I'm I'm not going off on a tangent about souls. I'm wrapping this around. When I played through Elden Ring the first time, it was I explored it completely. I felt I did anyway. I definitely missed some stuff, but I explored it to my content and then I finished the game and I went back to it. And I felt I had just climbed over the difficulty curve. Even at the end of the game, I just, I blew through it after I'd climbed over that curve. And then I went back to the second, third, fourth playthrough to get the achievements in it and just didn't have an issue. But with Dread, I've went through it twice now. I'm revisiting it again for another project I'm working on. And I just feel so connected to it. And I'm learning new things. I'm learning new abilities. And it's just, it is just a better experience every time I play. Are you alluding to a future uh, episode of a podcast? I am not. Okay. Because I've already done a Dread episode on, on uh, post Well, I was, no, I was actually referring to a, a return of video game mythos. Oh, no. Because uh, I, yes, I, I recall said, said Metroid Dread episode of PGC. <laughs> yes. Well, there was also a, a Samus and a Ridley episode on uh, video game mythos. Right. But there's, uh, no, there's, there's, there's something else. You'll, you'll hear more about it later. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear it. Okay. All right, so uh, just to wrap our the Metroid Dread discussion up before we move into uh, our seal of quality discussion for a different game, um, is it the best 2D Metroid? Probably. Yeah, I, I just think in, even if you take out the, like the opinion, if you look at it just strictly objectively, does it have the best gameplay? Yes. Is it the tightest gameplay? Yes. Graphic Graphics for what it's trying to accomplish? <laughs> yes. At the time, yes. I mean, it's just, it ha- it is head over heels objectively better in all fronts right. than other Metroid well, 2D Metroid another games. another thing, too, is like, you know, I mentioned that I didn't, that one of the things that turned me off about it being the best one is the difficulty for me. If I play it on the easier difficulty, I may like it more. Yeah. Because keep in mind, Super Metroid is not a particularly difficult game. Mm-hmm. And neither is Zero Mission. And those are my two favorite Metroid games. Yeah, yeah. I don't find either one of those games to be really that difficult. Do I die playing them? Sure, but like not like I was in in uh, Dread by any I, stretch. I think Super Metroid suffered. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have this problem in Fusion a lot, but I think one of the things that Super Metroid suffered from, and the reason I it's below um, Dread for me. Don't let that skew your thinking about how I think about these games. Uh, Super Metroid's fantastic, yeah, but one of the best. Um, I mean, again, one of the best, best games ever. It's yeah, regarded it's, as you it's know, so that good. High. Um, but the reason I don't think I think it's what the game is trying to get you to do sometimes you're limited by whether it be the graphics or the lack of just necessary signposting. You get lost in that game sometimes. You have you really struggle to find where to go your first time playing through. I had a bitch of a time with that game the first time I played it. And I don't like having to resort to guides or anything like that. I mean, I don't know how many times I've I totally just, had to use a guide the first time I've played it. Yeah, dude. Metroid. How many times do you have to yeah, run absolutely. up and down like hallways shooting every fucking block and stuff like that? Yeah. Dread doesn't... You don't have to do that in Dread. They give you a tool to kind of circumvent that process. But in Super Metroid, it just needed just a little more signposting. Yeah, it's, it's and I think quality it of life things. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're it's right. quality of life things. 
Yeah, but because I, that that definitely that's something that improved in zero emission and infusion, both mm-hmm. from Metroid is yep. the ability. Like that. Yeah, and I know it's while we're talking about dread, I have to say this. I know I talked about it on a post game content, but it's worth bringing up again. This game gives you an ability to find out like hidden blocks and stuff as you go through it, like the ability to scan for stuff. Didn't fucking use it at all. You know why? I have power bombs for that shit. Like, <laughs> if, there, if there's a wall I can blow up, I'm using a power bomb and it's going to disintegrate. <laughs> that's, that's, listen, that's, that's Super Metroid days, right? If exactly. Yeah. If, I'm, if I don't know what to do, power bomb. I don't know what I'm up, right? It's, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's how Metroid is played, I thought. <laughs> it, yeah. No, oh, I thought that was great because it's like, it's almost like a muscle memory for like met, hardcore Metroid players that right. have played all of them. power bomb. Use the power bomb, and they give you an ability to not do that, and you still just use your power bombs. Because more often than not, you're going to kill something in the room that's going to just give you your power bomb back. So, so moving right along, let's talk about the Super Nintendo Bros. Seal of Quality. So each episode of Super Nintendo Bros., we will discuss a game, sometimes related to the topic, sometimes completely left field. Uh, so far, they've all been related to the topic, and we've been recording, and today is no different. Um, so there are three tiers of Super Nintendo Bros. Seal of Quality. Actually, four. We have Super Nintendo Bros. Gold, Silver, Bronze, and Gold Korok Poop. Now, here's the thing. Let me kind of dive into this a little more. The game, okay, games do not necessarily have to get a seal of quality. Listen to that fucker outside in that truck ruiner episode. <laughs> Dear Lord. He's fine. We'll, we'll be fine. You'd be surprised. First, they it's, might si- not, they first might, it's sirens during Breath of the Wild. They might not even hear it because we're in this little box here. Favorite so. part, my favorite part <laughs> of the Breath of the Wild says when I'm talking about the sirens and you hear them slightly in the background. <laughs> oh, great. I laughed my ass off. So anyways, <laughs> I, we do not necessarily have to give a seal of approval because obviously there are some, or sorry, seal of quality. I always say that wrong. Obviously there are some games that are going to be not good enough to get the bronze, but that golden Korok poop seal of approval for like truly bad games. So there are going to be games that lie in a gray area that won't get any seal. Okay. I, I reserved that one specifically so when we do talk about a bad game, we can give it a seal. Gotcha. Okay. So we're going to be determining which of the four seal of quality, if any, that Metroid Fusion. Fusion. Okay. So Fusion was the first Game Boy Advance game. Uh, it was the first Metroid game, I believe, that released after the first Prime, I want to say. I need to have a release date timeline. Let me bring up a little Metroid Fusion info because I, one of the things I like to do is talk about I the... I think uh, I still have it here, actually, so you might not need to do that. Um, for Fusion, we are looking at... 2002 in the United States. Yep. Yeah, November 17, 2002 for the Game Boy Advance uh, is when Metroid Fusion released. And Prime... I believe Prime 1 was 2001. But I might be wrong. Uh, Metroid Prime 1 is in... Wow, I just totally misspelled that. So, uh, 2002. Oh, because they released the same year. November 18th. So oh, so they released like one day to the next. Yeah. I, I, I forgot about that because... Uh, there was a there was that compatibility thing that's with the, right. uh, the Game, the Game Boy, Advance Boy Advance and the GameCube. Yeah. Cable, yep. The link cable. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually worth, worth mentioning. Um, both the, it can be linked to Metroid Prime via the uh, Game Boy Advance link cable. So this game, this was great. It was the first 2D Metroid we had since, since Super Metroid. You, can, you could immediately see the improvements. You know, the controls, Metro, Metroid, in my opinion, that's a series of type controls. Yes. No, no difference here. Obviously, that uh, it's got that. Um, but basically, you are Samus. This takes place, it's the game that takes place after Super Metroid. 
And uh, some pretty bad stuff happens to old Samus in this game. <laughs> yeah, she gets uh, hit with this ex-parasite and they have to essentially do surgery on her and all kinds of life support stuff and make it so that way she is able to survive because this parasite has bonded itself to her Chozo armor that it has like a bio um, chemical fusion to her DNA. Um, and so it combines with that and now she's like, she is essentially, she has like X parasite on her. So while this X parasite would take over anything else and essentially kill it and absorb its being, she can now absorb the X parasites into her and um, heal from it. Right. Um, so what that essentially means is they sent her on the mission to the X parasite planet to stop this, um, this parasite from taking over the planet. But while she was there, this this old version of her suit had been invest, infested by this ex-parasite and there was now a Dark Samus-esque type creature right. there known as the SAX. So, which is... You remember this game much better than I do as far as, like, the details of the story. And whatnot, so I'm I've played it so many times. It's so good. Actually, I've only <laughs> beat this one once. I, and I didn't beat this game until 2020. Like, this was... Uh, I'm pre-COVID 2020. There's, like, a few brief uh, months of... Of glory. It's a great, great game, though, right? It I really mean, was. Yeah, I, I beat it in a hotel room in Charleston. When I had kids at Allstate Wire. <laughs> that's I, a, that's yeah, good. I, I beat it on my uh, hacked. I think it was, I used the hacked SNES uh, Classic. Actually, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what I used to uh, to play that on. It's a oh, excuse me. It is a fantastic entry in the series, and um, the reason it's it's like I said is the direct prequel to Dread. Um, I think where this game falls short, though, um, if we're if I'm just discussing my likes and my dislikes about it, is I think it is a little too narratively driven. There's some points in this game where it like takes you outside of the bounds of the game, puts you in like tight quarters with Samus and runs through her thoughts about everything she's thinking. And while it, it definitely serves its purpose, it's a little on the nose. Right. Um, I, I, you, I love the story in this game. I do too. I think no, it's one of the better stories, but. It, it, that kind of harkens back. We haven't used that one in a while. That kind of <laughs> harkens back to a lot of the problems that we have with Metroid: The Rim. Mm -hmm. Was it yep. characterizes Samus a little too much? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then and Dread does that very like through facial expressions, which is harder to do. Don't get me wrong; it's harder to do in those older games. So right. they, they again, I'm not taking away anything from Fusion. It's just the utilization of the technology they had was not as strong. You know, putting these long sequences where you're long elevator rides, reading paragraphs of uh, thoughts from this this character that you don't get a lot of interaction with in any other game. So, it, like I said, it humanizes her in a way that creates a... I don't think the juxtaposition between her and the SAX would have suffered with a little less of that. Right. So... Um, I don't want to point out, too, the SAX, the first cutscene that you see her in where you get those eyes... Terrifying. Yeah, that was like nightmare fuel. It is. Absolute terrifying. nightmare fuel. Of course, <laughs> this is the first time the Metroid series really tried to implement a horror element to it. It and is. They did it very well. Yeah. The, they did that very well. Those are great features. I love the idea of like when you're playing through the game, like you're in this, the the boundaries of your screen are the boundaries of the room, essentially, right. in in these types of games. And I love it whenever like the camera will pan right and it'll like pull another room into view, even though there's clearly like that yeah. black wall divide. And that shit is so cool. Yeah, it is. And it's very cool. Especially back then, whenever I'm, again, didn't play this game until after I played Prime. Um, but Again, like just thinking about how cool it would have been to to experience that, like at the time of, I'm sure that was yeah, like for, yeah, super innovative. And I, 
for some reason, the the big plant boss fight always like sticks out to me. That's like one of my most memorable parts of that game. I don't know why that that gets a big memory playing that game for me. It's but. fun. The bosses in that are great. There's a lot of mechanical things in that game, which they strike me as, as sort of weird because like they get taken over by this ex parasite, but they're just like machines, so right. that, it's very strange. Yeah, how did you um, get you know? Yeah, talk about parasite. Right. And that's what that's that's another one of my complaints about the game is like the boss battles in the game are all great and they they focus more on the mechanics and the controls versus like narrative elements right. outside of the X. But I think they're just a little on, the, again, a little on the nose. Could have, could have done a little bit of a jo- better job crafting those with everything that's going on in the world. You know, you have this parasite that infects things. You could have, you should have focused more on... Um, the parasite? Exactly. Yeah. More on the, uh, what it could have done to living things things as opposed to robots and shit like yeah. that because i remember there was particularly that one like stomping robot that was like a, a big block that you fought i think twice yeah it's like why is it here why is it infected it just didn't make sense yeah it was just more to like make maneuverability in those tight areas more uncomfortable but i will say one of the best parts about uh fusion and what they they needed this as a foundational building block to move on to dread was the fact that um the whole hunter becoming the hunted thing yeah fantastic like it is just like i know we alluded to it in that dread factor but like the whole time you know that running, was the main theme of the game yeah it really stood out for it that did. reason it did and that's just that's so it contrasts so strongly to every other metroid title you've ever done you are a bounty hunter you were here to do a single job you were here to find this thing kill it or find this and do it and the only you finally get the chance to you know go to another mission you are now on the opposite end of that spectrum and did a really good job of characterizing that in in the bot battles the movements the 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 terror on samus's face whenever she sees the eyes and that thing also just being upset that like not only is this thing chasing her but it's also like a version of her and like there's this the whole subtle narrative of like this is what you could become if you don't slow down and take the time to be more of a human being like you could just be this mindless thing because you are this ex like you have this parasite in you as well so like this the very subtle narrative that they don't touch on a lot it's it's just crisp so um love this game it's it's fantastic. fantastic for sure um so here, here's the question. Where would we fall with the seal of quality? So we've got the bronze, the silver, and the gold. I know you've listened to uh, a couple yeah. of the episodes so far. Um, I'm actually going to start on this. And I'm when, when I'm ranking these on the seal of quality, I look at multiple things, not just the game itself, but also kind of got to look at where I rank other games with the seal of quality. Yeah. I already know what I'm going to rank it. So, yeah, so. I, 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 I'm kind of leaning a silver, mm-hmm. a low silver on this. Maybe a little leaning toward bronze, but I feel like it's doing a, dis, a disservice to the game to put it on bronze. I mean, like, for example, I, I know we put um, Link's Awakening on bronze. This is a better game than Link's Awakening, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I actually don't even think Link's Awakening deserves bronze, but that's just me. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, you know what? Justin <laughs> didn't either. So you're, I'm like the only one that felt that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really think the silver is where, this is, again, it's not the best Metroid game. It's not the worst Metroid game either. But it, to me, it doesn't offer enough as far as like the, the sheer things I look for in perfection for the gold seal of quality. 
I, I actually agree. And I think like whenever I was originally thinking about this, knowing your, the structure you have set up for the show pretty well, um, I'd originally thought bronze because it's just, it's just very, it's a strong game. Bronze is not like a shit thing either. Like it's, you know, in the terms of where everything we're going to rate on the show, like I said, smash being like, smash, gold, yeah, smash gold. Like, like this is, it's not at that level. How However, the, what pushed me up to a silver is this game just being so fundamental of a building block for everything that Dread has to offer. Right. That it just shows that the love and care and quality and attention to detail that they did have in this game. That alone is what pushed up to a silver for me. And if you ever do rate Dread on the show, I will give it a gold and I'll kill you. Well, if it's not. here's the thing too. Like <laughs> when I'm looking at Metroid Fusion, I can think of it at least two Metroid games I like better than Fusion, maybe yeah. three. Yeah. So it just. And they may they may not necessarily be gold, all three of them, but I like them better than fusion. Yeah, I think I think silver is a I think that's where I landed. Like I said, as much as I love this game, I had originally thought bronze. Like I said, but I think that just due to the influence this game has on right. not not just Metroid games, just games in general, yeah. I think that it it warrants a silver. Yeah, so. it, it kind of came out of that time too, where Metroidvania was really hitting its stride and getting into. I don't want to call it its prime because I think it's I think it's prime. <laughs> I, prime <laughs> pun was not intended at all, uh, but like that genre hadn't really hit its major stride for another you know several ten years I would say after that. Yeah. So it was still an important like growing um, time for the genre, and it did a lot. It had a lot to offer for you know that style of game, and uh, I think it did a great job of, of doing what it did. It really led into uh, you know how good. A lot more like the future Castlevania games were mm -hmm. um, before it even opened the door to other, you know, brand new franchises, IPs, indie games. Yeah. I, I and, and especially with how popular Metroidvania titles have become. I mean, like looking at like Salt and Sacrifice, more more recent ones, or Fist, or I mean, Ender fuck. Lilies. Uh, dude, I, I could talk about Ender Lilies all day. I fucking love that game. We should, um, we should do it. I mean, I've only played part so of it, good. but it's very good. I actually just, very hard, but very good. I got my email the other day that my I ordered the special edition off of uh, Limited Run Games. Very excited for that to you show know, up. You know what's really nice about that? It's a Nintendo game, so we can talk about it on the show. Hell yeah. So sometime we can give it a seal of quality <laughs> or talk about an episode of doing some like indie, talk about indie games for an episode or something. I want, I want to do some episodes where we focus on like two or three indie games an episode and just do like a straight multiple seal of qualities. Yeah, I would. I, I love Ender Lilies. I haven't beat it yet because you're right. That game is fucking it hard. It is really hard, but it's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love this game. I, I'm totally fine with the silver. I think that that does it justice as well. So Sounds good. So we're going to give the, officially give Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance the Super Nintendo Bros. Silver Seal of Quality. Michael. Tell us about where we can find you in media, on the internet, this and that. Tell us about everything. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this site called Pornhub, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Damn, I got my hopes uh, up. <laughs> all over the place. So as you guys know, this show is made and produced and put out on the 13 Palm Trees Network. Um, proudly love having shows by Roger because he's very dedicated and passionate to uh, with his love for video games. So his shows always just have that just love and attention all over them. So on top of finding me on this show, um, I'm a guest star on the Final Girl podcast at times. Me too. I 
guest star on Wasted Local Fantasy Football at times, as does Roger. Um, more, he's more of a passive participant there, as am I this season. Yeah, I, just, um, I don't have time to. <laughs> me, me neither. Honestly, if I could go, if I could like do a, uh, if I could pull with Nathan and just be on like. <laughs> From home on an episode, I'd totally do it. That would, yeah. I mean, maybe if Nathan can't ever. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so those places, any any show that Thirteen Palm Trees does, which is D and D kind of video game mythos, post game content. Post game content's kind of my baby right now. That's where I'm dedicated most of my podcasting time to. Um, which, if you like this episode, I encourage you to go check out post game contents episode on Metroid Dread because it yes. it is very yes. hand in hand with what we discussed today. Um, I think that's about it. Obviously, and you're going to be a regular on this show too. Just, yeah, I, know, mean, I, I, I definitely want to be back. When I when I say regular, I don't mean like you know you're on every episode, but well, the way we're regular, three episodes in, and I'm right, on two of the two three. Of so. the, the way regular works <laughs> on this show is like you're you'll be on multiple episodes in the season. Nah, I got you. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, and then um, just while we're talking about that, Roger, um. I'll let I'll let you go, but I do have one other thing that I want to say before we wrap up the show, unless you were about to wrap it up. No, I want you to finish what you want to talk about. Okay, so uh, as I just mentioned, the show is on the Thirteen Palm Trees Network, and we are in this big, beautiful studio that I have sunk way too much money into, um, and continue to do so because I'm very passionate about the shit that we do here. I fucking love podcasting. I fucking love doing shit with my friends like this. I love everything that we're doing and 13 Palm Trees is just continuing to grow. We've brought on streamers. We have brought on a social media manager. We have multiple podcasts. More podcasts are coming soon. And the only thing I would say is that we could definitely use your help in keeping this stuff going. We have launched a Patreon. We don't advertise it yet um, because it's still in the early phases. We only have up to our $10 tier active at the moment and we're still putting together things for the future, um, but all shows moving forward that fall under the 13 Palm Trees banner have uh, are under the same Patreon. So you can get perks for every show. And as we go forward, even for our higher tiers, we will have specific perks for each show that you can get by filling out surveys, things like that, once you're in the door to our Patreon. So if you love this show and you want to dedicate donate money to this show. Your money will go towards making sure this show is continued. Bills are expensive, folks. It is. It is. I so pay we, money for this podcast to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you, any support you guys can have would be appreciated. Um, so check us out, patreon.com slash 13PT, 13 Palm Trees, 13PT. Um, and then also, there's some Super Nintendo Bros merch on our site now. Dude, I have not yet seen this. This logo, man, this logo is sick. You guys love that that crispy like 80s arcade vibe, that sunset with the Nintendo controller in it. You want that on a t-shirt, you fucking know you do. So go to 13palmtrees.com or sorry, 13palmtrees.myshopify.com and get yourself one. And we also, I will say this, that that just that text shirt that I sent you. Isn't that crisp? It was. It, it looks was very good. nice. So if you liked like that text, that Super Nintendo Bros text that's on the t-shirt, we have that on our site ready to go. I love hearing live that we have merch like live on Isn't it on cool? Recording, right? <laughs> like, folks, you were... Well, I guess you're not hearing this as I hear it because I heard it when we recorded it, but <laughs> you got my live reactions. I, I'm definitely going to be checking that Shopify out, even though I'm a little broke at the moment, but that's okay. I will be partaking for It'll sure. It'll be good. It'll be good. Unfortunately, times are tough. Inflation's hitting us all, so prices are not where I'd want them to be, but that's actually a little bit out of our control. So We have stickers. 
Yeah, it's true. We do have stickers. There's stickers literally like five <laughs> feet from me. I'm going to take one home. Yeah, we'll to, those are not up on the site yet, but they will be. We're just waiting to get some photos. But anyway, the point being is any way you can help us out financially is a huge, huge help because we are in the early phases. Again, we have a studio, multiple shows, video, audio, uh, streaming, all types of stuff goes on in, under this roof. We have and, a photographer. Yeah, we have multiple photographers right. and but I mean, all, like an official 13 it's true. Photographer. It, is, it is true so anyway a- any help you guys can help us out patreon.com slash one three pt would mean the absolute world to us and again if you just want to support this show we dedicate funding per per patron directly to supporting the bills for those who are utilizing our services and that's all i'll say roger i think i've said enough but I will say one more thing. Thank you for bringing me back on the show. I fucking love talking about video games with you. Me too. It is such a good time. With you. And we're, you know, you're, I'm going to have you on, you know, some more episodes in season one. So I'll be back. This is not the last time that our listeners will hear from you. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like he said, definitely check out all the 13 Palm Tree shows. Uh, leave us a review. We've had one review show so far on uh, iTunes. I'd love to have some reviews. I'd love to hear from the listeners what you think about the podcast. Uh, join our Discord. Discord uh, link is in the description of the show. Uh, I know we did a release today, and we've had an extremely active Discord today. It was crazy. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah, it's, I've, <laughs> because even gurus never hit that. Like we never had a super active Discord. We've, I, I would, it's, it's awesome. Love it. <laughs> so you know, we use a Discord. We like to hear your suggestions for games that you want to see get a seal of quality. We want to hear your suggestions of topics that you might want to hear us talk about. We just want to talk to you. I like talking to people about video games. Yeah. You know, tell us, uh, come in and talk talk about games. We've got a Nintendo chat channel. We have a Nintendo chat channel. <laughs> no, I love that. Non-t- right? Dude, I, <laughs> you thought I typoed it. That was the best part. I legit made fun of Roger in the Discord for spelling it Nintendo. And since I'm a fucking idiot, didn't even read that he had said literally right before that comment that he made that on purpose. So, right. Yeah. Hey, you can say a lot about me, Roger, but I admit when I'm wrong. So, because I mean, here's the thing this may be a Nintendo podcast, but I do love games other than Nintendo games. (gasps) Oh, you fucking liar. Right? (laughs) You cheater. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm just sitting here counting down like the next 10 days until we get God of War Ragnarok. Like, is that in 10 days? November, uh, I think it's a little bit more than 10 days. November 7th, so a little Holy over a week. Ass. A week from Tuesday. We're wow, getting, okay. We're getting yeah, I, I I'm see like you, super Sony. fucking pumped. <laughs> and then I know uh, I've got the new Star Wars game in my mailbox when I get home, so. Oh, man. Weeb! <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll call I'll save that for the Discord. I got to use the GIF, so. right? You got to use you got to use the Weave GIF. I'll, I'm sure once I get out of the mailbox, I'll, I'll put a picture in the Discord, whether it be in uh, in we'll the Discord for this this show or the Discord for Coffee and Grind. Which, by the way, check out uh, Twitch.tv slash Coffee and Grind. Uh, not really active recently. And moving forward, it's going to be more of Justin's thing than mine for sure. Uh, but it's also got a great Discord. So it does it does? Yeah. That's where I hang out most days, either in that. One of my 15 that I have or the Coffee and Grind Discord or uh, the Super Nintendo Bros podcast Discord. So all the links for those are down below. Just scroll down and look in the episode description. You'll find them. All right. So with all that being said, guys, thanks for listening. And until next time, happy gaming. <laughs>